0: Hey, welcome. It is 1107. <laughs> Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. All right. So we play this piece uh, during the commercial breaks about um, what is a conservative. And, you know, based on a conversation that we had uh, about uh, 15 minutes ago and, and how the left and young kids don't understand uh, what a conservative is, I want you to hear this. Uh, a lot of you you know very very small percentage of people who listen to talk radio uh, actually won't up the courage to call uh, call in, and that's understandable. Uh, many times it's, uh, you know it could affect your job or it could even affect your marriage. Uh, but uh, for those of you who have never heard this, here we go.
1: What's up, guys? This is Will Wu with PragerU. Today we are at UT Austin talking to people about what is a conservative and what conservatism really means. Let's do it. How would you define a conservative? What do conservatives believe?
2: I don't know. Like, they have more conservative values. I think socially-wise, more, like, traditional, like, back in the day traditional, if you know what I mean. They care more about themselves than they do of, like, other people. Yeah. More of their own well-being.
1: They have more radical, like, Ideas. I would say, yeah, traditional. In my mind, maybe they're not so receptive to change.
2: They're like not as open to change, I guess. Do
1: you think like the the flat line, like what conservatives believe? Do you think that's embedded with racism?
2: I think a lot. Yes, I think a lot does have to do with it, especially because a lot of their traditional old values um, also stem from like white supremacist values and values that like like slavery I would say formity like one track like one track mindset everyone does the same looks the same more so and kind of just
1: like puts a hinge on society on itself want to maintain society as they know it they don't want to move on basically yeah racism and stuff like that with conservatives I would say yes do you think conservatives are racist um yeah Yes. You think conservatives on whole are pretty racist?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: You have any conservative friends or know any conservatives? No. No. Yeah. Yeah. You think your parents are racist?
2: They can be. I mean, I won't like. I mean, they don't. They wouldn't say that they are, but the comments that they make and the things that they do. And...
1: Do you think if there's like a, a black conservative, are they racist? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How would you define a conservative? Basically, a guy who uh, defends the Constitution. How do you describe leftism?
2: I would describe leftism more as, like, more leaning towards socialism than liberals. So, like, that's what I believe. Like, I believe in healthcare for all. I believe, like, in, like, letting go of the student debt, you know.
1: I label myself as a conservative because I believe in... Fiscal responsibility, I believe in individual rights, I believe in limited government. I don't want the government in my affairs, I want people to be able to have the freedom to start their own businesses and free market capitalism versus a government safety net or or government programs that historically lead to inequality and bad outcomes.
3: If you ask me this, like like 10 years ago I'd be like oh I'm a liberal but now I see like where the country's like and now I'm like I feel damn internet conservative yeah, c- compared to like what
1: I think is liberal progressive ideas you think I'm racist I
2: don't know Maybe.
0: you can
1: call me racist to my face it's okay
2: okay I think you're racist
1: <laughs> you
0: know if you're conservative you're a racist I and mean, that is the kind of mentality the left has, uh, has given us let me go to the phones here Jeff uh, had uh, listened in on that uh, right on the phone Jeff welcome glad to have you on the Gary Nolan show how are you
3: hi gary yes sir hey so i'm very very conservative and i have to tell you i'm not at all surprised at the results last night to think that abortion was not on the ballot is a big miscalculation here's why i can say without any uncertainty that you had democrats get up off the couch that would not have probably taken the time to vote but went up and got off the couch and voted blue on that very issue. Forget about crime. Forget about the economy. They are very, very headstrong on this abortion thing. And think about it. Look where late-term abortion is. When you think about that process and and they're still for it, that was a game-changer. And guess what? we still don't know who the leaker was after six seven months we still don't know who the leaker was abortion played a huge role last night well conservatives we got to wake up on that
0: jeff when i uh, opened the program this morning uh, one of the things that i talked about was the abortion issue and how it should have been handled and i will repeat it right now just in case you you were listening you weren't listening were you
3: no, I I wasn't I was not. So, well, all right, well, just kind of a it, Well, just ahead. it just
0: when we're through uh, talking, hang on cuz Brian needs to get your credit card number and that little 3-digit code cuz we charge when people miss. Yeah, it's 50 bucks today. <laughs> so, just, you know, okay. but here's here's what well, I said this morning. Okay. Lindsey Graham should never have introduced any federal legislation, and every Republican should have said and denounced Lindsey Graham's uh, approach. By saying, look, we have for half a century been telling you this is an issue for the states. We will not federalize it. It is exactly the opposite of what we've been saying for the last half century. This belongs in your hands, in your state. That's how the Republicans yeah. should have handled it.
3: And they didn't. Yeah. God, God bless you for that. That is exactly right. Exactly right. So, Gary, I will go on to say, though, I think there's a silver lining on this election. I'm very concerned what is in front of us over the, this last quarter and next year. And I think there's a silver lining that this economy is going to take a turn for the worse, recessions and things like that, and things are going to get worse. And it would have been easy for the Dems, to blame us. Oh, you're in charge now. So I I really feel like this is somewhat of a silver lining, okay? Would you agree with that? You you see where I'm going with this? Well,
0: your argument is they're holding the ball uh, when when the ball breaks, and so it's their fault. If we'd have been there, we'd have been charged. Uh, So, yeah, to a certain extent, that's right yeah but I think yeah, exactly. I think though that it, and, and this is the problem with having uh Republicans who are not principled, they could have turned that around, uh especially with control of the House of Representatives, by uh because you know, they control the the purse strings, they could have cut spending. you cut spending, you uh you get inflation under control. Every government employee that gets a paycheck is inflationary. Because they're not providing any goods. They're not creating any wealth. They're just getting paid uh, from a uh, a bank that prints the cash. Right. So right. they could, yeah. if they were principled, mm-hmm. have turned that around.
3: Yeah. So, Gary, back on Lindsey Graham again, that, that is such... Uh a uh, 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 A good analogy with that you know he was the same guy that said we're going to investigate, investigate when they had the numbers, what did they do and Lindsay was nothing but a blowhard we're going to investigate we're we investigate, and he never follows through. He is such a huge disappointment, a huge disappointment
0: yeah well, most for me, most Republicans are they just are not. Principled, and that's the problem with them. And, and I'm going to address this because as a libertarian and a recovering Republican, um, I have had a message for Republicans for 25 years, and I'm going to go ahead and repeat it in just a few. Jeff, thank you for the call. I appreciate having you on the program. You're listening to The Gary Nolan Show, and it's the Zimmer Radio Network. It's uh, 20 minutes after 11. Glad to have you with us. We've done... Uh, Primarily for the program, we have done a a postmortem on uh, last night's election, and I've laid out my, uh, my opinions on this, and we've entertained uh, and discussed it all all morning. The last thing I'm going to address um, is this uh, argument that I always hear about the libertarians, uh, that we are somehow taking uh, votes away from Republicans. There's a solution for that. And it is for the Republicans to field candidates who will support the Constitution. It's as simple as that. You find a Republican candidate who thinks like Ron Paul, and you'll get Libertarian support. The whole point of the Libertarian Party, I think, uh, the, 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 the most... I would argue, successful thing they could do is drag the Republicans back to their roots. But Republicans, and I mean this, you know, even even very close friends of mine who are Republicans, will not support the Constitution. They absolutely refuse. There is and and i'm and i'm talking about everything from social security and medicare to the war on drugs. You know, for all of you drug warriors, oh, nobody should use drugs, nobody should smoke pot, nobody should use any you know when we had the war on alcohol in order for the federal government to gain the power to prohibit the sale of alcohol like they prohibit the sale of drugs they had to amend the U.S. Constitution we've got a war on drugs I got a bunch of Republican friends that swear that the Constitution is all that important and it needs to be protected and yet they're drug warriors and their argument I guess is uh, we're trying to protect people We want to protect kids. And they can't see that what they're doing is endangering kids. Anybody who's in favor of the war on drugs, probably, unless they're, you know, at a certain level in law enforcement where they're making a living from it, probably is in favor of the war on drugs because they believe they're protecting the innocent. And when... You know, and if they would wake up and look around, they would realize that what they're doing is endangering the innocent. If I can't sell you alcohol legally, you know, if we have a prohibition on the sale of alcohol, what happens? We end up with Scarface, Al Capone drive-by shootings, alcohol wars. Does it sound familiar? St. Valentine's Day Massacre? Well, that's, that's what we get with the drug war, too. It's what we got with the alcohol war. And if I'm selling alcohol legally, if I'm not selling it underground, I have no burning desire to give it to kids. If I'm selling drugs and I can do it legally, I have no burning desire to give that to kids. But if it's an underground market, I might use kids to sell the drugs. They're minors. They get their record expunged when they're adults. You're drawing kids into this. And because it's not an above-board market, well... You're actually going to kill innocent people. You're going to end up with drugs imported from China, laced with fentanyl. And you're doing this in the name of protecting children, but you're not. You're killing them. And you've got another problem. Law enforcement have a tough enough problem. Do you really want them to have to get in the middle between somebody who wants to sell something to someone who wants to buy that something? Because that becomes a very dangerous proposition. Somewhere along the line, to get in the middle of that, you've got to lie. You've got to pretend you're one side or the other. You've got to put yourself in danger. Law enforcement's a dangerous enough job. You don't see the police very often having to get into a bar to stop them from selling alcohol. They don't run raids on beer joints, though they do overregulate them. No, the, the Republicans could go a long way toward getting elected if they would just... Follow the Constitution. And they won't. And they won't tell you the truth. Damn it, tell people the truth. You know, the Democrats are running around saying, oh, the Republicans are going to try and end Medicare and Social Security and blah, blah, blah. Tell them the damn truth. Stand up and explain to them that we're $31 trillion in debt. Nobody is going to get Social Security and Medicare if we don't get the government out of this. We can't afford to be the world's police department. Your Republicans admit it. It's the truth. Be principled. There is no way you're going to save those institutions. And I know I'm, I'm going to hear from Social Security recipients. Oh, I paid into it all my life. Well, don't blame the messenger. It was crooked from the get-go. And the money is gone. It's spent. It's like somebody broke into your house and took the money out from under your mattress and went out and spent it. Well, you might catch the perpetrator, but the money has gone. Now, there are some things we could do to ameliorate the pain. We could start selling off federal properties... We could make a deal with you and say, here's the here's the half you were gullible enough to believe you paid. And the half that you're gullible enough to believe your employer paid will we'll just toss that. You take the money and go out and invest it. But you don't want to hear that, do you? Voters don't want to hear that Medicare is going broke in a few years. And that the federal government is broke now. I'm going to go to the phones. Mary Beth, welcome. Glad to have you on The Gary Nolan Show. How are you? Hello, Mary Beth.
2: Oh, hi. 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 I didn't hear my name. I thought you were talking to somebody else. I, I agree with everything you've said, Gary. Mary Beth? And more closer than anything else.
0: I'm sorry. You have You faded in and out. Uh, I heard you say uh, that you agree with everything I've said, and then it went kind of blank, so go from there.
2: Okay, Okay. can you hear me better? I'm driving.
0: Yeah, I can hear you now.
2: Okay. Um, I have a question. I was watching um, Blaze TV. I was watching, um, going back last night, and they kept talking about Mitch McConnell holding the purse strings and that that the Senators were afraid to, to cross him or and I don't understand that. And I understand he's Senate Minority Leader, right? Yeah. But how? What? Because they were talking about okay. Well, he's going to give this one ten thousand. I don't understand that. Well, he's concept. got a
0: huge. He's got a huge uh, election fund, um, and he uses it to support candidates. It's what he did for uh, Vance in Ohio. Sent tens of millions of dollars to Vance uh, in terms of by buying ads and things like that. Uh, so, that pack that he controls can be used to help Republicans win.
2: Okay. So, when you say he has a huge election, it, it, so he, because he's, uh, see, I don't understand where it's coming from. You mean from voters who contribute? To
0: yeah, the he's got a pack party? where he. He goes out and raises money. He gets corporations and big companies to send uh, all kinds of money. Uh, He collects Uh it in his pack. It's uh, it's, uh, soft money. And then uh, he uses it. He disperses it to candidates that uh, he thinks need the help or that he wants. And I didn't
2: quite understand.
0: All right. Mary Beth, I am sorry. You keep breaking up. You keep hitting, I guess, a bad cell or something. Uh, But I will try one more very briefly, uh, one more time to do this, and I'll do it after the news. So stay tuned. You're listening to The Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. This is The Gary Nolan Show. That's The Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer. Radio Network, it's 1135, and uh, with regard to the last caller, and she's asking about Mitch McConnell and money. I'm not sure exactly what she's asking about, but it sounds like she's, she's uh, asking about Mitch McConnell's pack, uh, it, where they collect, he goes out and gets money from corporate donors that he gets to give to candidates of his choice. Uh, and it, an example of that would be uh, Vance in Ohio who got millions of dollars from Mitch McConnell uh, so they could hang on to the seat in Ohio. Uh, I think, anyway, that that's what you're looking at. I didn't watch uh, Glenn Beck's channel, so I didn't get to see specifically, but I, it sounds like that's, that's what he's talking about. 874-9390. Toll-free number is 800-529-5572. So the Democrats literally took a page out of Claire McCaskill's book and they did it everywhere. And, and frankly, Trump was their target. Trump would say, this is the guy I like, that's the one they would give the money to because they figured that's the one that's most vulnerable. And they got nominated as many... Candidates as they could that they could, they felt beat, and it worked. So now the question is: Should the Republicans do the same thing? Should Mitch McConnell and and uh, the Republican Party, uh, you know, wait for every extremist wacko candidate that that the uh, Democrats promote? If Ocasio Cortez goes to uh, back them up. Republicans go back him up. And you know, it leads to a picture where we have the worst candidates, the worst possible legislators elected, whether it's a Democrat or a Republican. Because you, you if if we do what Claire McCaskill did, if our dirty trick is to to fund the least electable candidate. One of those two unelectable candidates is going to become electable. And that will be the most distasteful Congress you've ever seen. I wish politics weren't so dirty. You almost want to take a shower, uh, even if you're just talking about it. But it is that dirty. And we really need to find a way to clean it up. I'll I'll tell you what what else I'm thinking. The the country is really really split. I mean, we are and and further and further apart. It's not just there's a line in the middle, is a line that's miles away that's in the middle. Democrats are going bizarrely to the left, and there are some Republicans. Well, come to think of it, I don't know that there are any that are bizarrely to the right. Who is who is a bizarrely to the right candidate that we saw running? Brian, can you think of any? Uh, not right off the top of my head. They're just not as willing to go as far to the left, I think, as... And I really thought this out before I started this. But there is a divide, and it's a great divide. I think conservatives are... Less and less willing to go gently into that socialist realm that the Democrats are pushing us in. And the more they try to resist, the uglier it gets. Not because they're being ugly. Really, it's not. I mean, the, the worst thing that ever happens to this country is January 6th. We're in pretty damn good shape. I would argue what's much worse for this country is, oh, Seattle or Portland or Kenosha or San Diego or not San Diego, Los Angeles or any of the other places where Black Lives Matter and Antifa got together and burned down and looted half the city, leftist groups. So they're not, the right is not horribly, extremely far to the right, but the left has gone further and further and further to the left, and it is a huge divide. And at some point, and I mean this, there's there's only a couple of alternatives. In fact, I can only think of three. One is that we peacefully divide the country. Two is that we have a vicious fight. Uh, we're talking revolution. Um, and then uh, number three... Is that the country just collapses? That's that's where I think we're headed. I I don't want to be like the bearer of bad news. But we are increasingly divided by this march to the left. And, and the Democrats have been the ones, you know, just little bit at a time they just keep nibbling away at our freedoms. And eventually, if if we don't stop it or separate, this country will collapse. You think to yourself, you have an entitlement? There will be no entitlement. There will be nothing. Imagine what happens when when the currency collapses. I just read a piece yesterday in the Wall Street Journal about how Japan is beginning to dump our treasuries. They don't want them. They want to shore up their currency and they're not interested in ours. If other countries get on board, if other countries start doing that, well then we're going to be in a real pickle because we're going to have debt that nobody wants to buy. And the reason is it's not good debt. If I owe you $1,000 and then I devalue the money so that I only have to pay you 500 and call it a $1,000 and you walk away, you've lost. I don't know if I explained that clearly enough, but if you inflate the currency, you make it worth less. So you pay me back the $1,000, but the $1,000 doesn't spend the way it did when I loaned it to you.
4: And that's where we're headed. So we need to wake up. You know what's kind of concerning too? Uh, I just was reading a story this morning about um, a very, very deep red state, South Dakota, who caved and voted to expand Medicaid, just like what we did uh, a couple years ago. I mean, this is a Republican-controlled state where they have long resisted the expansion of Medicaid. And all it takes is to get that camel's nose in the tent, and then you can grow. And then, you know, it's another entitlement that costs people lots of money. And it's just one step closer to becoming government-run healthcare.
0: And the Republicans don't have the
4: no, particular fortitude they to stop it.
0: They, you know, it's it's. We had a conversation with the Show Me Institute last Thursday, and it was a real eye-opener for me. And I I talked about it um, for two days because uh, because it just hadn't occurred to me. Every time the federal government gives you a program, gives you money, they control how you spend it. Ergo, they control your state. How much control does the state legislature really have in the state of Missouri? You take... Money from the Department of Education, they tell you how you have to, uh, you know, what you have to do, the hoops you have to jump through in order to get that money. You you have to have transsexuals in uh, different restrooms in the in the school if you take our money. That's the kind of thing they do. Uh, the Highway Department, you don't raise the age of. Uh, legal consumption of liquor to 21, well, we're not going to give you any money. We're going to pull it back. They do that so much that they practically control the states. We are literally under their thumb. And Medicaid, Medicaid is killing the state of Missouri. It is the I think it's the very largest chunk of the budget. I believe it's one-third,
4: if not more.
0: That is huge. Just think, if if we didn't have Medicaid, the tax bill would be, you know, a third less. Republicans won't stop it. Everybody expects it. People pretend that
4: it's... Yeah, well, they'll argue, well, we can't let these people suffer. They can't afford insurance. We have to take care of them. So let me grab money out of your pocket to make sure uh, that's taken care of. That was something that churches did. They had Catholic hospitals. Oh, but they they might not do that, Gary. So we have to, you know, take the money forcefully. They did it before. And they did it with volunteered money.
0: All right, we're up against the clock. Back to wrap it up. You're listening to The Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. It is 10 minutes to noon, 10 to 12. All right, so a caller want to know uh, what states do uh, that don't take Medicare, or Medicaid, rather. Uh, All states take Medicare. It it is such a convoluted uh, system. You, I think, and my wife is really the expert on this because she works with uh, a lot of patients that, that get it, but I think... Uh, if you take Medicare patients, you have to take Medicaid patients. Um, I'm not sure of all the details, but I think that's the way that works. Uh, and the federal government gives the state X number of dollars, but the state has to come up with a ton of money on its own to cover the cost of Medicaid. So that's it's kind of a joint deal, state and, and federal. Uh, but the costs are exorbitant. And every time they expand it, uh, it gets more expensive. But probably the dirtiest little trick, and we did it here in Missouri. I think we just uh, I think they just did it. Uh, at Christie Nome state. Is that right? Is that where they did it, Brian? Uh, yeah, South Dakota. The more government supplied health care that exists, the smaller the private marketplace is. So if the government is taking care of everybody over 65, that whole market disappears. If the government through S is handling kids, that market disappears. If the government is doing Medicaid uh, for the poor, that market disappears. If they expand Medicaid like they did in Missouri, then even, you know, people who are above the poverty line disappear. And so they're getting more and more people into the net, a little bit at a time. Well, we'll just uh, give health care to people who are above the poverty line, but only to a certain extent. And we'll give health care to people who are seniors. We'll give health care to the poor. We'll give health care to the kids. We want to make sure that And pretty soon there's no marketplace left for health care. You're like one step away from single payer. Because everything else has been taken over. And and that's their goal. they had the good sense to give you socialized medicine one little bite at a time. But how is it working really? Not very well. Medicare will be broke. They're gonna lose I I think sometime in the next three or four years. They're gonna need a, a, a different a different financing model. They're gonna have to take more money. Right now, I think at the current interest rates, we're paying about the same amount of money on the debt as we are for uh, defense. I I believe I read that that that's where we're at right now. Defense is huge. And we're paying a ton of money. If it's not there, it's going to be there. Uh, Well, we're paying interest on the debt. But in order to expand uh, and continue to fund Medicare... We're going to need to borrow more money. We're going to have to get more money. Well, where are we going to get it? We're $31 trillion in the hole. Where's that money coming from? Well, I guess we'll just print more of it. Or we'll pretend, and I love this, we'll take the money from the rich. They don't <laughs> pay their fair share. <laughs> you take every dime the rich make, and it ain't going to cover the costs. You could take every dollar from every millionaire that you can find, and you aren't going to cover the cost of government for a year. It's, it, it just, it won't, it won't cover. Because we're spending way more money, and we're far deeper in debt than we could ever pay back. And this is another disappointment with the Republicans. Show the people. You can do it. You can put it on paper. You can say, here it is. It's irrefutable. We are this deeply in debt. We uh, continue to increase the debt every year because of uh, Medicare and uh, Medicaid and Social Security and the military. And we can't sustain this. Now, we need a military, because if you don't have a strong defense or a capable offense in the event of war, you actually inv- you invite attacks. So you got to have, to a certain extent, a good, uh, a good defense. But what are you going to do with everything else? What are you going to do with all those social programs? All those programs that people with a big heart thought was a good idea. Well, you're going to have to cut them off. And I get a na- every time this comes up, I get a nasty gram from somebody. Oh, it's my Social Security. I paid into it. I know you did, but it's gone. It's gone. Sell every piece of real estate the federal government owns and use it to buy off anybody on Social Security. And then get rid of Medicaid. Get rid of it. And I'd go to the fair tax. I'd get rid of the income tax. Now you've got at least a shooting chance that you can stop this. You can at least control the debt. Because it is our worst enemy. It's not China. China's not your worst enemy. It's not Russia and Putin. It's the Democrats and big government and the Republicans without the guts to tell you the truth. All right. Enough proselytizing. Glenn Beck is coming up you get to his hear his take on the election. Sean Hannity is going to be on board and I I'm dying to hear what Sean Hannity has to say about the Trump supported candidates. Uh and then uh, Dr. Randy Told Randy was on the program. Uh, I was on for a few minutes last night. I was I was exhausted. Uh but I was uh, on with uh, Randy and uh, Brandon last night. I'm curious to see after uh, all this time after you know we're still waiting what Randy Tolber has to say about uh, the election turnout. But he'll be on shortly, and uh, we'll find out what he has to say. So, tomorrow
4: is Think Tank Thursday. Uh, Brian, are you, you betting that uh, Kevin ain't coming on? I just have this feeling that Kevin is going to be uh, hiding tomorrow. <laughs> I could be completely wrong, because Kevin is pretty outspoken on those things. And he'll probably step up to the plate, but sometimes... I, you just never know. Yeah. Uh,
0: well, I'm gonna. You know, if he does come on, I'm. You know, he's a Trump supporter he through is, and through. Yeah. Uh, and uh, even though we're good friends, I'm gonna lay the truth out and let him. You let him uh, stew in it. And wh- and I don't know what his excuse will be. Maybe he'll say that. Uh, oh, they cheated. <laughs> but I don't think they cheated enough in all of those states to make this election turn out the way it did. Um, But we'll find out because he's going to be with us tomorrow morning. You owe him a couple of steaks, too, right? No, he owes me (laughs) two steak dinners. And I believe he's going to owe me another one if DeSantis runs. Did you hear what they were shouting when DeSantis was making that speech? yes. Two more years. Yes. They're giving him, they're, they're literally his strongest supporters and they're saying, run for president we got to run. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't
3: wait for the government to drop it. In your lap, you make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem.